Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. In this short, I'm going to briefly describe what the Bible says revival is, how it happens, and what should be the expected effects of it. In the ESV of Psalm 85.7, the psalmist speaks to God and says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? The first thing I will say is that the word revival does not occur in the Bible, nor is the modern concept of revival explicitly addressed in the text. In many places, what the Bible does contain is a Hebrew word that is often translated revive, as we just read in Psalm 85.7. The Hebrew root of revive means to live or have life, and in the context of Psalm 85.7, the word refers to the restoration and preservation of life in God with the fullness of life in His favor. So what is revival? Revival refers to an earnest and sincere desire for God to move deeply and inwardly in an individual so that the whole person will be in alignment with the counsel of God. Revival may be individual, and it can also be corporate. Revival, according to the Bible, does not refer to a weekend retreat, nor does it refer to a lively praise and worship service. In other words, revival is not an event, but a process that happens on the inside, and that deep inward restoration has its eyes exclusively focused on the Lord. Psalm 80.19 says, O Lord God of hosts, restore us, cause your face to shine upon us, and we will be saved. And Psalm 143.11 says, For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me. In your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble. Notice that in all the verses we discussed so far, Psalm 85, 7, 80, 19, and 143, 11, a person looks to God and asks Him to revive them. Consequently, revival is an exclusively God-initiated, God-dependent process. God is sovereign. Therefore, in revival, we are not going to make God do anything. God will not change His program for us. Rather, we must change our program for God. The will of God comes down from eternity, moves through history, and meets God back in eternity, accomplishing exactly what He willed. God is trying to get us to do something, and the big question of revival is, will we do the will of God? Revival is what happens when people hear God's word, obey it, and then act to align themselves with his word. So, when asking how does revival happen, the answer is by God's sovereign imperative. But what role do believers play in revival? That answer is simple. How revival happens is when the people return to the word of God. Psalm 1 talks about the blessed person who is like a fruitful tree. This vibrant and full-of-life person meditates on the Word of God day and night and therefore has an abundant existence preserved by God. So just like the blessed person in Psalm 1, to acquire the fullness of life that revival brings, one must return to the Word. As it says in Psalm 119.25, My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your Word. Returning to the Word means reading the Bible, meditating on the Bible, learning the Bible, understanding the Bible, obeying the Bible, and acting on the truth found in the Bible. Revival is mediated by a supernatural movement of the Holy Spirit, so it only makes sense that the Spirit-breathed Word of God is the fuel the Spirit uses to act. 
God's word therefore serves as the foundation upon which God moves in revival. When we read the historical narratives of Israel's kings in the book of Kings and Chronicles, we mostly read about evil kings who did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. However, five kings stand out as virtuous and their names were Asa, Jehoshaphat, Joash, Hezekiah, and Josiah. These kings are relevant because all brought in some form of revival. Each of the kings therefore provide a biblical example of what revival looks like and how it is done, but I will focus on Josiah. The story of his revival can be found in 2 Kings chapters 22 to 23 and 2 Chronicles chapters 34 to 35. So how did Josiah usher in revival? He sought and searched for God, he ordered the literal destruction of idols and false centers of worship, and he ordered the repair and restoration of the real center of worship in the temple in Jerusalem. In fact, the story of King Josiah tells us that for whatever reason, the book of the Law of Moses was lost, and after it was found, Josiah heard the words found in the book and was so convicted that he tore his clothes and then set out to do all that was written in the book. Josiah then used his kingly authority to lead the people into obedience to God. Thus, his reforms ushered in an era of revival. In fact, through Holder the prophetess, God speaks to Josiah in 2 Chronicles 34.27 and says, Because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against his place and against his inhabitants, and because you humbled yourself before me, tore your clothes and wept before me, I truly have heard you. God heard the sincere pleadings of King Josiah, and then God acted to revive the people of Judah. So what does the revival under King Josiah reveal to us? First, that revival is a top-down phenomenon, not a bottom-up. Revival begins with the spiritual leaders who set the tone for those who serve them, and when the leaders earnestly seek God and commit themselves to obey His word, revival flows top-down. Second, there was a simultaneous turning away from idolatry and turning to God. All the altars of false gods like Baal and Asherah were turned down, and the temple of God was built up. Third, there was a community-wide return to the Word of God. That is, Josiah did not read the scriptures in private and then act in private. He read the scriptures and then followed it with public action, incorporating the religious leaders and elders of Israel. Thus, after Josiah returned to the Word, so did the people. Of course, all of this began with Josiah, whose heart was described as being tender and humble. The tenderness of his heart panted after God, and the humility of his heart willingly bowed down to the Lord. In fact, 2 Kings 23.25 says that there never was a king in the history of Israel quite like Josiah, who loved the Lord with all his heart. This bold statement is made in consideration of King David. 2 Kings 23.25 says, Before Josiah, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. So we now know what revival is and how it happens. The last question is, what are the expected effects of revival? Again, as Psalm 85.7 says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? This verse is crucial because it clarifies that the effect of revival is that the people rejoice in God. 
In other words, the expected effect of a revival are hearts that paint after God, and that inward fire of heart manifests as outward rejoicing. It is difficult to measure how much a person truly desires God, so revival is therefore hard to quantify in terms of the number of new church attendees, altar calls, baptisms, conversions, or fundraising campaigns. God is the true discerner of hearts, so He is the only one who is truly able to know how penetrating revival really is. What we can sense in reality is the general desire to read and learn the Bible, the manifestation of spiritual fruits, and recognizable progress in an individual sanctification. So to recap, how do you start a revival? Begin by waiting on and desiring God. Begin with a leader who yearns to do God's will and who yearns for God's will to be manifest in the people. Begin with a leader who is willing to act on God's word in order to turn the community of people away from idolatry and away from the status quo. Then ensure that the leader has the vision to take all the necessary steps to ensure that revival is not merely an event, but a persistent, purposeful process that will invariably entail reformation on a large scale. A revived people rejoice in the Lord, and this community of believers will be the chosen vessel through which the Spirit moves in the world. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.